Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that we pour one garbage truck of plastic into the ocean every minute? This will get worse by 2050. There will be more plastic in the ocean than fish if we do not start doing something soon. So our guest today is one of the co-founders of Bluefin, a smart robot that can collect aquatic waste on the surface of commercial water bodies. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Simran Chowdhury. Hello, how are you? Good, good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So Simran, how did your sustainable journey actually start? So... When I was reflecting on this question, it was very obvious and I, this is something that I didn't even realize. When I was a kid, a lot of the things that my parents and grandparents were doing, which now I know is sustainable, but just seemed normal to me back then. Just like little things like, you know, using bottles to refill water in and then there was no plastic in the house for water. Uh, things like collecting all the, you know, newspapers that we had or magazines and making sure that was appropriately recycled, which to me just seemed like, how things were supposed to be done. It was only later on when I grew up that I started to see that, oh, maybe not (laughs) everyone does it like that. And so I was first, I I would say what really marks the start of my sustainable journey uh, would be the introduction of the Sustainable Development Goals. And after that, my way of starting was social entrepreneurship. Uh, Social entrepreneurship really kickstarted everything for me. That was back when Halt Prize was introduced here locally uh, on my campus. And I learned more about it and just the structure that, okay, you could take a problem and you could have a solution for it. And the fact that the solution would generate money itself would just widen its impact. And it seems so like logical, right? It, it seems, but then at the same time, you see all those NGOs out there that are trying to do things, which are fantastic. You see the public sector doing things, subsidizing things, which are all great ways to do it. But I think the only way to truly expand that impact and grow that impact is to go through that social entrepreneurship route. Well, yeah. And that's actually, you know, I met you at one of the Sarja Entrepreneurs Festival. And, you know, you guys had like kind of the actual bluefin outside so people could have gone and see what it is. And we will definitely put like a photo or two up on the show notes as well. And we're obviously going to link it up to your website as well. So people can actually see what is Bluefin. But for our crazy birds that's listening now, can you maybe tell us exactly what is Bluefin and kind of what inspired you for the creation thereof? So Bluefin, like you said, is a robot. It runs in two modes. One would be manually through a remote control, which is how we were controlling it uh, at Charger EF when you saw it. And then we also run it autonomously. Now, the way we run it autonomously is that we use geofencing in conjunction with our smart lid that allows the smart lid in front of it to open and close as and when waste is detected in front of it. 
And so what else we've done is we've taken it one step forward. And now we're looking at using deep machine learning and artificial intelligence, where essentially Bluefin would run in the water with a drone on top of it. And the drone would be able to locate the exact points of the waste and communicate that to Bluefin. Wow. So very smart robot, it seems. <laughs> I mean, how much waste does it actually collect? Like, you know, in one go or kind of how does it run? Or swim. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a better way to put it. Bluefin's basket, our current our current prototype can collect, to put it maybe in, in, in numerical form for you, is about 397 half a liter plastic bottles in its basket. It can run eight hours on a 30-minute charge, and that would be its full charge. And that's what we're aiming for, because when we talk about current waste collection operations, they usually run in two shifts. And the way they would work is that they'd have two employees in a boat, and those two people would have nets with them. And they would just pick that waste up as and when they would go past it. That's how we run Bluefin in normal operation. So we are hopefully to find out more of its limitations, more of its, you know, really test out the product with our pilot program starting next week with Bia, which is going to be in Kasbah Canal. And so we think that would be the perfect location to first, you know, really run and see that, okay, this is how we know it's going to work theoretically. But now we get the hard facts about how it's really going to run on a full day and, you know, on a, on a full eight hour charge. Okay. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it probably won't keep on running for eight hours because it will be full of plastic within probably half an hour. Yeah. So, let's see. And it's it's also that Bluefin is quite eco-friendly with like zero carbon emissions as far as I understood. How is this achieved and also why why was it kind of important for you? So, obviously, we all know, right, that plastic doesn't biodegrade. It breaks down. And every single time that plastic breaks down, it releases 8.26 grams of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And so it was very important that we're, we, we weren't releasing, you know, any carbon emission just to pick that up and stop that process from going out. How we do this is by using lithium polymer batteries. However, wh where we want to incorporate renewable energy, because touch wood here, we're blessed with fantastic sun, is that we want to incorporate solar panels on our charging dock. And so essentially now the battery is going to be charged through the power generated by the solar panel. That's awesome. So also kind of like looking at the, the size of Bluefin, what, like the, what is the dimensions kind of of this? So it's, it's about 1.8 meters by one. However, this is our prototype. So earlier, like you mentioned, right, that the wastebasket would fill up really quickly. So you don't know if it would run for eight hours. So the way we decided to tackle this problem is by optimizing our hardware design and now making it modular. And so you could think of it as kind of Lego blocks, right? So now if let's say one bluefin is made of three Lego blocks, I could just add more of the middle Lego block to expand its wastebasket's capacity. Oh, wow. And so that's how we're... We, we can optimize a product based on the location and how much waste there is in that location. And so now all of this waste that you guys are actually picking up, what happens What happens to this trash? So, for example, now with Bia, who has supported us uh, fantastically and who we'd be starting our first pilot program with, they already have a facility in place. So essentially for us, it's take collect that waste and give it to them and then they will make sure that it's recycled appropriately. 
So we've thought about this as well, but incorporated this in our business model that for locations or places that we need to clean that don't already have this established, we would be able to connect them to either, you know, recycling plants and essentially once all that waste is collected, give it to them to make sure it's recycled appropriately. The other thing that we were looking into doing is that, as you must have heard, that 91% of plastic that is collected does not actually get to the people that use recycled plastic. Mm. And for corporate, it, it's just not feasible to use recycled plastic because in their case, it becomes too expensive. Yeah. So we kind of, in the future, want to have be that link. Saying that, okay, we have access to this plastic. If we can give it to multiple people like yourself who you know use that plastic to create art out of, then... It's easier for you because now you're not spending too long looking for it and you're making great use of it. And at the same time, we're kind of reducing the statistic and making sure that the people that can use it and recycle it appropriately get access to it more easily. So also for me, it's very interesting because obviously I've only seen bluefin in like a little swimming yeah. pool kind of type yeah. of thing. So I've never seen it actually working so how does it work? Like I kind of just envision like this whale opening its mouth when it <laughs> sees plastic and everything just comes in and something like that. So how does this whole lid, does it just like open automatically when so, it sends plastic or sends any trash? Or I, I'd love to show you the video and maybe you can, you know, put this up for the crazy birds. So there's two ways. When we talk about geofencing in conjunction with our smart lid, the lid above it has sensors. And so those sensors detect waste when it's relatively close to it. And then the lid will kind of just pop open. Now we do this because obviously the lid is required to make sure that the waste inside remains inside and that it's, it's not released back out into the water, mm. especially during turns. So in geofencing, one of the things that we need to understand is that a robot will only move in one direction. So there's no chance of it moving back. So the other method that we're looking at is maybe keeping the lid open now because we found that the sensors were able to detect plastic, but we were having trouble detecting other pollutants that were still on the surface of the water, such as algae or organic waste, which are on the surface, but relatively lower than plastic. Mm. So we decided to move those ultrasonic sensors and have now the lid remain open and programmed it to only come down when the speed of bluefin was slowing down or when bluefin was taking a turn. Okay. So this is in the geofencing mode of our autonomous operation. When we use it in conjunction with the drone and start using artificial intelligence and deep machine learning, we use something known as image processing. Now what happens in this is that the drone above has a camera. That camera takes multiple pictures and that camera then, let's say it's a picture of a plastic bottle it is essentially going to take this picture of a plastic bottle and try to match it with the several pictures it's going to have in its database behind. When it's a match, it'll say, okay, this is a plastic, this is a location, and Bluefin will know exactly when to open its lid yeah, and then close it once it's picked it up. That sounds so interesting and super cool. So you guys obviously designed the whole thing, but where was Bluefin like manufactured here in the UAE Absolutely, as well? locally. Okay, that's amazing. And... Then the other concern like that I kind of had when, you know, you just talked about the algae, there's obviously other sorts of marine life that is like swimming with this bluefin. How safe is it for them? And what happens if it comes in contact with a fish or, 
you know, I don't know, maybe we get another whale in the marina or a shark. <laughs> We've designed Bluefin uh, in such a way that it does not interfere with the ecosystem beneath it. So Bluefin is very little in the water already because we require it to float. And the other thing is when we talk about targeting commercial water bodies, marine life is very further down and we don't see a lot of them in commercial water bodies. So we don't have that problem. Yeah, so when we talk about like canals, especially like in Dubai, for example, we talk about Dubai Canal, talk about Dubai Marina. One, if there is marine life, they're very beneath, they're deeper. They're, they're a lot more deeper into the water and bluefin would essentially just be floating quite high above them. Yeah. The other thing that we've tested bluefin with is that it needs only about half a meter depth underneath it to be able to float and collect waste. And that's why we do really well along shorelines. And so the only time that we would maybe have that trouble would be is with fishes that kind of jump up, you know, with dolphins, like, for example, you know, they jump up on the surface and then go back down. But again, we're talking very further deep into the ocean, Mm. uh, not with water bodies that are close to mainland. Okay. And I guess also, you know, you kind of can have that same argument with boats. I mean, a fish can swim into a boat as well, you know, hit the boat. And it's not like bluefin is so small. So if we look at bluefin now, so you were saying you're testing it in Sarja, where is it currently being used or tested or have been tested? Like, what have you guys done with bluefin so so we've conducted about... Three, four of our own internal tests in um, locations such as Akhan Lagoon and Baharat Khalid. And now we're going to start our pilot program next week with Bia in Kasbah Canal. So all the tests that we've done is we've kind of tested components, we've tested features, but we've never done a full run. We've never like run a full operation. And so that is kind of what we intend to get out of our pilot program with Bia. Okay. So currently, how many of bluefins are there? Just one. Just the one. <laughs> just the one. A very uh, special one. <laughs> yeah, just a very special one. But hopefully our intention is that... So our pilot program is going to be for six months. Around the three-month mark, we're going to introduce this modular design that we want to test. And so at that time, I guess there'll be two. to mass produce uh, at that point and then have more bluefins out there catering water bodies around the UAE. Wow, that's wonderful. So then... Like you've mentioned, so you're doing this, obviously, trial and test and everything. But what would you say, what is next for Bluefin? What is next for Bluefin? Mm. The problem really is deeper into the ocean, right? Everyone Mm. knows about it. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch has become now 19 times the size of the UAE. And back when I was at Charge EF and I was pitching that very slide, it was only eight times the size of the UAE. And so in the matter of just these couple of months, it has more than doubled. And so what we want to do is we really want to optimize a product to assist in cleanups deeper into the ocean. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, because if you um, look at, you know, like Boyan Slat that's done, you know, the ocean cleanup, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been getting a lot of, you know, backlash and saying, oh, you know, it's not working, blah, 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 or, you know, whatever. But, you know, I'm still amazed that he's doing this and that it is actually working. I know people are saying it's like, you know, you get all these judgmental people you know, what he's doing, I feel it's making a difference. I mean, I, I think that 
in the millennial age, everyone kind of expects to see rapid results. Yeah. You know, you open your phone, you open up Instagram, it instantly loads. You know, there's, we have like an instant culture today. We order food, we want it to be there in like 20, 30 minutes. No one really wants to wait. With the problem out there, unfortunately, we will have to wait. And, and what he is doing, in my opinion, is amazing as well. One, I think it requires a, lo- a lot more people to help and a lot more, you know, if, if we get, let's say, a massive or a collective ocean cleanup operation going out there, we'll see better results. And it's growing constantly. And, and that's what we're trying to do at Bluefin, you know, that we're, we're trying to prevent more waste from going out there in the first place so that whatever efforts are going out, like the ocean cleanup, going on to clean up what's out there already can at least, you know, you feel like we're making progress. Exactly. Right? Otherwise... The amount of waste going out there is now greater than the amount of waste being collected. Yeah. And so obviously, in, in that sense, you'll never see any progress. Definitely. And I think, you know, one of the things that we also need to look at is these people that is putting the waste in the ocean. So not necessarily me and you that used, I don't know, a shampoo bottle or I don't want to say a plastic water bottle because I don't use them but all sorts of things like that, it's not necessarily those people. Because what we're currently doing, what I feel is we're targeting all of these people that actually buy these products. But I also think a big issue is lying with these companies that's making these products. And, you know, we recently had um, Loop was launched in um, conjunction with TerraCycle, where they are getting like, you know, Hagen dust to actually provide their ice cream in an insulated container that you pay a deposit for and you don't even have to wash the container after it's done. You pop it in the bag, they will wash it, sterilize it and absolutely no plastic. So I'm quite excited to see that we are working at it kind of from both sides, from, you know, the people that's putting out all of these billions and billions of pieces of plastic and also individuals like yourself, you know, like Boy and Slat, that is trying to pick up these people's trash. And somewhere in the middle, all of our consumers are also trying to like refuse and then to pick up stuff as well. So I think when we all come together and, you know, make a difference, it will make a much better difference than just us as consumers and us as, you know, like you guys trying to make a difference is you know working working and then the corporations are just collective action yeah it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's going to require collective action especially if we want to see real results and that's why i commend all the corporates starbucks for example uh, is doing the same thing now with their lids and straws uh, hopefully we'll see that in the uae very soon as well from them unilever is also trying to make great tremendous effort in their packaging so it's just going to require more people to get on board and, and I get it, you know, as, as a business student, when you're at that level, you're looking at how to make the product most feasible. And that's where now all the research and innovation in new materials or alternative materials and how to, you know, make the process more effective so that corporates can also adapt it is very important. And that's where the youth comes in. That's where innovation comes in. That's where the startup ecosystem, especially like the one we have in the UAE, is doing great things for us. What would you say has been one of the most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? So I would say this is um, 
a collective decision in the sense that everyone at Bluefin Technologies, when we were starting, we made the decision to contribute our bid to save the planet. And I think that was one of the most important decisions we made. Because now moving forward, every time we have to choose or, or to, you know, make a choice and make a decision, it's always reflected back that, okay, is this in line with what we want to do? Yeah. And if it's in line with it, then, okay, that's what we're going to move forward and do. And it's, it's not an easy decision because all of a sudden you feel like this, okay, it's, it's my responsibility to, you know, to do this, to, to make real impact, to show real change. And especially with all the articles that have come out, all the, all the amazing youth that's been out there in their own way trying to make change and reduce the impact of climate change and do something about that. So I'd say the fact that we were able to make that first step and write it down as our vision that we want to save the planet. I think that's one of the most important things or the most significant things we've done uh, as a team. So we are now going to move into our final five questions. So the first one is, what is one social media account that you follow? So Christine Lagarde. I follow her because I'm personally inspired by her. She is the chairwoman and man, uh, managing director of the International Monetary Fund. I recently also had the pleasure of meeting her and presenting Bluefin to her. She was here for the World Government Summit. And so she came to Mazda City to speak to the youth. And so we had several academic projects and startups by present to her. And I think what she said in, in that roundtable discussion we had really stayed with me. And that was the four P's to prosperity. So she had peace, planet, people, and purpose. And I think that very nicely summed it up. And I think it was the most inspirational thing I've heard in, in a very long time. And especially just if you reflect on her journey, everything that she has done, obviously for SDG 5, which is gender equality. So just her as, 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 a, as, as a figure has been very inspirational for me. If you look into some of her articles, some of the opinion pieces she has, and one of the biggest one being about the financial crisis and saying that if it was Lehman sisters instead of Lehman brothers, then maybe that <laughs> maybe it wouldn't have existed. But the research is there to back it up. If you look at the corporate world, if you look at Wall Street, one, especially about Wall Street, you don't see a lot of women figures at board, like at, at C-level stages or in, in board directors. And the research is there to show that when women are more involved in that corporate structure and, and when there is more gender diversity mm -hmm. in a company, it's more stable. Don't take my word for it. The research is there to see it. <laughs> cool. And what would you say is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? I just hope climate change is something that we can see everyone collectively attack head on uh, so that we don't mess up in 12 years and find out that oh, we can't live here anymore. <laughs> we need to find another place to live. <laughs> well, then we can probably like give Elon Musk a call and be like, hey, we're joining you on Mars. <laughs> yeah. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? I'd say just share, share your experience. Every single time that I meet someone new, sharing whatever insight you have makes them one relate that, okay, I've had the same problem or, or gives them like a little bit of a, inspires them to do something a different way. So I, I think sharing your experience is a very big part of it, whether you do it on social media, whether you do it by word of mouth, 
talking, obviously, is going to be the first step to doing anything. So what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? So, well, you actually stole it. <laughs> this is how I opened my pitch, which is about the garbage truck. Um, so 13 million tons of waste is leaked into the ocean. And that is equivalent uh, to one garbage truck being poured into the ocean every minute. And if we keep going, that is going to be two by 2030. And like you said, four by 2050, uh, at which point we'll have more, you know, waste in the ocean, plastic in the ocean than fish. Now that you've already used that up, though, <laughs> I think a fact about the state that I really like to use, uh, I think it would just be about 12 years. You know, the fact that we have 12 years to limit the catastrophe of climate change. I think that's scary. And then I, I think I don't even throw a fact at them. I kind of just ask them. I was like, it's your choice at this point, right? It's, it's are you going to pick the planet or do you want to pick plastic? Yeah. And so... I, I think I would kind of leave them with that question and say that it's it's in your hands. Uh, it's it's we've we're the, we're the people that have it in our control. If we don't do something, who will? Exactly. Whether you and I, I think the first step to it is obviously not denying its existence, getting on board with the fact that this is real, and then making the decision that you hold yourself now accountable for. When you look at people that want to exercise, right? Everyone has a cheat day. Like okay. Today, we're going to go all out. We're going to get burgers or something. But unfortunately, maybe maybe it's difficult for some people to make this kind of life or behavior change, right? When you're so used to using plastic. Because it's incorporated, right? Today, if we, if we look at our lifestyle, it's very much incorporated every step. It's easy. Coming as a university student, I get it. Because living in dorms, I know how much easier it is for me to maybe pick up a plastic spoon and eat food instead of have a steel spoon that I have to wash then and I can't just easily dispose of. We just have to realize that the problem is real and if we don't do something about it, then who will? Exactly. And I think like what you say, 12 years, you know, 12 years is not that far away. Yeah. So in 12 years, you know, you might have a child that's like three or four years old and you know, wait, what, what are you guys going to do then? So, yeah, definitely. The last question of the final five is where can people find you? So you can find me pretty much everywhere. LinkedIn, if you spell out my name correctly, you'll find me. <laughs> uh, Instagram, my handle is the Simran Chaudhary, spelled exactly the same way my name is spelled. I think those would probably be the two major platforms that I'm a lot more easily uh, accessible to. But I'll definitely leave down my email as well, which is simran.chaudhary at bluefin.io. And with Bluefin, they can also just go on the website as well, right? Absolutely. So we're actually changing our website. So currently it's www.fenbits.com slash bluefin. But we are rebranding to www.bluefin.io. Okay. Yeah, awesome. So the other one should be up very soon. Cool. Well, that sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've really enjoyed learning a little bit more about Bluefin and about you. And um, yeah, just keep up the great work and looking forward to seeing the video as well as, you know, seeing how this project with Bia is going in Sarja. Yeah, absolutely. So all thank the best. You. Thank you very much for having me. You're most Sustainable City is beautiful. <laughs> it's, I, I was just like, wow, you know, I, AUS has a very big campus. And I just hope that I can see them turn or maybe, you know, get inspired from sustainable city and incorporate these things back in university city now. 
Awesome. Well, we'll try our best. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.